Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why illness puts your brain in a fog and new research that found a place on Earth where there's no life. You'll also learn how the origins of modern rocketry can help us understand where good ideas come from with special guest Safi Bacall. Let's satisfy some curiosity. When you're sick, even simple things like watching TV can feel overwhelming. People often call this zoned-out feeling brain fog. And a new study from the University of Birmingham suggests that you're not imagining it. This experience is real and measurable. Your brain has a harder time thinking when you're sick, which is why I never come in to record when I'm sick. Well, you shouldn't come in to record when you're sick because you're going to spread it to me, and then I'm going to be sick, and then I won't have a good time thinking. So no, let's you'll just be f- cross that off the list. You'll be fine. <laughs> you can handle it. Mm. Sickness and thinking are pretty broad, unscientific terms, though. So for this study, the researchers defined them more concretely. And thinking broke down into three different mental processes, alerting, orienting, and executive control. Alerting is basically staying or becoming alert. Orienting means picking important sensory information out of all the sensory input coming in. And executive control means deciding what to pay attention to when multiple important things are happening. For the study, the team worked with 20 male volunteers on two different days. Both days started with an injection, either a salmonella vaccine that triggered inflammation or a placebo that contained only water. The volunteer didn't know which was which. A few hours after both shots, the volunteer did a basic attention exercise where he responded to digital images while hooked up to a brain scanner. So, did the inflammation affect people's responses to the attention test? Short answer, kind of. The volunteers performed the same after both injections, but after the vaccine, their brain scans looked different than they did after the placebo. Specifically, the researchers saw a decrease in alertness-related brain activity. This suggests that brain fog might technically be a loss of control over your ability to stay alert. Scientists have suspected that inflammation in the body could affect the brain for a long time, but it was hard to demonstrate that one caused the other. This study might be a small step forward on that front. It suggests that even very minor inflammation can impact our alertness. In the future, the researchers said, reports of brain fog may even help diagnose tricky inflammation-inducing diseases like Alzheimer's. Living things have spent billions of years evolving. Through competition and exploration, organisms have managed to establish themselves in just about every nook and cranny on the planet. But can they survive everywhere? New research may definitively say no. Some organisms are known for living in places that are especially inhospitable to life, like the hydrothermal vents at Yellowstone National Park. Scientists called those organisms extremophiles because they thrive in extreme environments. Some extremophiles live deep in the Earth's crust. Others live frozen in sea ice or in acidic environments where the pH is zero. But according to a paper published this October in the journal Nature Ecology and Evolution, scientists have found a habitat where there isn't any life at all. The Danical Depression in Ethiopia is one of the hottest, driest places on Earth. It receives less than two centimeters of rain per year. Yet in the middle of this desert, there's a false oasis, the Dalal Geothermal Pools. These stunning pools are full of dissolved minerals that make the water appear green, teal, and blue. Other colorful mineral formations fringe the edges of the pools, 
making them look like they belong on some distant planet. Now, it turns out that they have one more thing in common with the other worlds in our solar system. We're pretty sure they're devoid of life. According to this new research, these pools are one of the few places on Earth where the environment is so extreme that life hasn't found a way to exist. So what's so special about the geothermal ponds in Dalal? Why here? The researchers point to two reasons these pools can't support life. First, they contain high levels of chaotropic magnesium salts. These chemicals break the hydrogen bonds that help the molecules and living things keep their shape. The second problem is the combination of extremely high heat, salinity, and acidity. Extremophiles across the world have developed strategies for contending with one or two of those extreme environmental variables. But there seems to be something about dealing with all three at the same time that life hasn't quite figured out. But while this all might sound like bad news in the search for extraterrestrial life, it's not. Not really. To know where life could exist, we need to know where it can't exist. It's one more step to knowing what's really out there. Today's episode is sponsored by Purple Mattress. Better sleep, better you. You don't have to sleep on a bed of chaotropic magnesium salts to have a bad time. Tossing and turning all night is a slightly more common reason why you might wake up groggy and unable to function at your best. And if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, then you've got to try a Purple Mattress. The Purple Mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses a brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. So it feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the same time. The Purple Mattress keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. It's not like the memory foam you're probably used to. And when you order, you'll get a 100-night risk-free trial. If you're not fully satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's also backed by a 10-year warranty with free shipping and returns. You're going to love Purple. And right now, Curiosity Daily listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's on top of all the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text CURIOUS to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text CURIOUS to 84888. That's C-U-R-I-O-U-S to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Where do good ideas come from? Safi Bakal may have an answer. He's a physicist and a biotech CEO who took his company public, and among many other accomplishments, worked for President Obama's Council of Science Advisors. He's also the author of the new book, Loon Shots, How to Nurture the Crazy Ideas that Win Wars, Cure Diseases, and Transform Industries. The book offers a new explanation for what causes groups of people to either embrace or dismiss new ideas. And every Thursday for the next few weeks, Safi will take us on a journey through science, business, and history to give you a new way to look at the inner world of teamwork and entrepreneurship. This week, we'll start with a pretty important question. Why did he call the book Loon Shots? And why are they important? Here's Safi. Everybody knows what a moonshot is. A moonshot's a big goal, an exciting destination. But the big ideas, when you really look back, the ones that change the course of science or business or history rarely arrive with blaring trumpets and red carpets dazzling everybody with their brilliance. They're usually dismissed for years or decades. Their champions written off as crazy. And there wasn't a good word in the English language for that, so I made one up, called it moonshots. But, you know, as an example of that, if you think back, the word moonshots actually comes back from when John F. Kennedy in 1961 first declared to Congress, we're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. And everybody applauded him. But most people don't remember that the idea that got us there was first suggested by a man named Robert Goddard 40 years earlier. In other words, liquid-fueled jet propulsion, rockets. 
when Goddard suggested that idea in the 1920s, he was widely ridiculed. He was laughed at, and people said, you're nuts. The New York Times actually wrote an editorial saying this man, Goddard, with his quote-unquote chair, as if, by the way, that's like some crazy thing to have a chair at a university, with his chair at physics at Clark University, doesn't understand the basic laws of physics that we teach our children in high school every day, namely that Newton's laws of action and reaction mean rocket flight in space is impossible. There's nothing to push against. And he was just sort of ridiculed and not taken seriously. Fourteen years after his death, in July 1969, one day after the successful Apollo 11 rocket launch to the moon, the New York Times issued a retraction. Apparently, rocket flight does not violate 17th century physics and, quote, the Times regrets the error. So, why is that important? Why is that sort of interesting to understand? Well, a moonshot is a destination. Nurturing the moonshots is how we get there. And that's really important to remember because although Goddard was dismissed in the U.S., he was taken seriously in Nazi Germany. So German scientists used his ideas to build the first jet aircraft, to which the Allies had no answer, flew 100 miles an hour faster than any Allied plane. The German scientists built the first long-range missiles, the V-1 bomber, then the V-2 bomber, and that rained terror on London and Europe. And again, the Allies had no answer. Fortunately, we got lucky that the war ended before the Germans could use those weapons. But the moral of that story is that declaring moonshots and big goals is important, but nurturing loon shots is even more so. Safi Bacall makes a pretty great case for why we should nurture loon shots. And next week, you'll learn why groups of people working together have such a hard time doing so. Or if you can't wait that long, then just pick up the book Loon Shots, How to Nurture the Crazy Ideas that Win Wars, Cure Diseases, and Transform Industries. You can find links to pick up the book and to read more about Dr. Robert Goddard in today's show notes. Let's be curiosity shots. Good episode today. It was. I thought it was really cool that uh, brain fog is not just in my head, that it comes from inflammation in my body and it makes me less alert. You know, I made it through pretty much all of 2019 without getting sick. Yeah, I feel like just right now I'm sniffly and it's just like, come on, you could have made it. <laughs> we can make it. Winter's almost, well, in Chicago, a third of the way over, but still. And I like that scientists found a place on Earth that cannot support life. Did so, you like that? I did. <laughs> I did actually like it because it's multi-extreme, which is a cool title to have. Before this story, I thought the only thing that was multi-extreme was people that snowboard and skateboard. That's multi-extreme with just an X. Right, with no E. Yeah. Sure, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, this new discovery, it's it's cool because, like, you don't think about what might not support life. We all just want to find what supports life. But, hey, man, if you got too many strikes against you, if it's just, like, way too bad and too many factors, like, three strikes, you're out. You know, family <laughs> feud true. goes to the survey says no. Family feud rules in extraterrestrial life. I'm telling you. And I just love the story of Dr. Robert Goddard. We've talked about him on on Curiosity before. And I just love that nobody took him seriously. The New York Times like ridiculed him. And ha, he had the last laugh. And I guess the moral of the story is that we should nurture loon shots. Because if we don't, somebody else might. Easier said than done, though, as I'm sure you definitely know if you're listening and you've ever worked on a group project. So stay tuned next week, and Safi will explain how to actually make that happen. 
Today's stories were written by May Rice and Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's podcast was scripted, produced, and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ah!